You're listening to Locked On Cavaliers, Cavaliers. your, your daily, daily look, look at the, at the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cavaliers podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm Chris Manning, and this is your podcast for Thursday, August 30th. We're back after a hiatus, and we're going to start getting closer and closer to the season. We're going to do that mailbag. We're going to do position breakdowns, player previews, all kinds of really fun stuff, as well as some Cleveland Rockers coverage. But today's show is part one of two with Sean Woodley from Lockdown Raptors. We took stock of the Eastern Conference, uh, how the conference has really changed in these this post-LeBron world. And we ranked the teams 15 to 1 in terms of how interested we are in them. You can find Sean on Twitter at WoodyShawn. You can find me on Twitter at CWMWrites. And again, we're going to be back tomorrow, back on Tuesday after the Labor Day weekend. So uh, here's part one with myself and Sean Woodley. Hope you guys enjoy. Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors. And it's Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. We are here today uh, to break up the long, long summer with some uh, very summery content. Chris, um, first of all, how are you, man? It's been a while since we touched base. Yeah, you know, I'm doing good. Um, it's been a, a slow summer. You know, it's been, uh, it feels like LeBron got this out of the way pretty quick, and we're just waiting on very trivial things at this point from a Cavs perspective. We just need to know, like, what David Nawab is making because he's, like, signed with the team, but no one knows what he's getting paid, and, like, Rodney Hood is all he's done this summer is basically like tell people on Instagram that teams are in fact interested in him. So that's where we're at right now in, in Cleveland. How are how are things up in, in Toronto right now? Uh, you know, pretty chill. Nothing happened at all. It was uh, very relaxing. A lot of Josh Donaldson tweets from you, I see. Yeah, it's a lot of for me. It's a lot of tweets now about like being hot all the time and uh, baseball and Vlad Jr. And also Kawhi Leonard plays for the Raptors now. So that's cool. Um, well, well, I guess, well, I mean, I, people who listen to the, my podcast will have known that I've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't know how much I want to go into it, but yeah, it's very interesting. There's lots of different angles. Some of them are more tired and not as interesting as others. Um, but yeah, it should be really cool. You're talking about David Nawaba. Is, the, is he like the new KJ McDaniels where, because he had like a good run with a bad team for a little bit, but is actually not that good. You know, I, I, I think he's actually okay. Uh, he, the the shooting thing is concerning, but like I, I think like there's something interesting there, and just because defensively he's good and he cuts really well and just kind of plays hard. But um, KJ McDaniel's just could like dunk, but he didn't like do actually anything well. At least David Nwaba like does something well. You know, he's sort of like. You know, like Trevion Graham is sort of just like solid and fine, but and like does something good and maybe could get better. Maybe there's like a cap on that, but I I'm ready. I'm like in a post LeBron world. I'm like ready to like overthink David Nwaba's three point shooting. Like I'm very ready to like just crank out like a thousand words on it and be like, oh right, I did not probably need to spend this much time for like the eighty people that actually care about this. But it's a fun reality. <laughs> It is the beauty of covering a not very good team is you get to go weird, deep on weird dudes. And like, I mean, people will, uh, maybe by the time they hear this, they might have the first of a thing that I'm doing. I'll spoil it now. I'm ranking all 218 players to have played for the Raptors. It has been a 
uh, arduous process trying to rank them because about 150 of them suck ass. And uh, there's a whole lot of David Nawaba-like players in there and probably worse. So that you, you'll get, you'll come to enjoy it. I mean, the Cavs have had down times for sure, but like they've been mostly relevant for the last decade and a half. So I uh, it, it'll be a different but interesting year for you, I think. Trevion Graham, the Nets signed him, right? Like that's when the Nets signed a dude, and everyone went crazy because Sean Marks is a genius, even though it's just Trevion Graham, right? Yes, and he, uh, the Cavs were interested in him, and then they ended up with David Nwabu, who, like, uh, I'm pretty sure people would just be like, "Oh, that's some guy I, I've sort of heard of, maybe." Um, <laughs> like that 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 was like where we were at in the off season, but yeah, Sean Marks, uh, the the new wizard of the NBA, based on anybody he signs. GM Brad Stevens. <laughs> We couldn't go five minutes without a Celtic chug. This is like very on on brand for us. Like the the league may be seismically different from the last time we talked. Uh, You know, like like DeMar DeRozan's relationship with the city, with the franchise uh, in Toronto is now completely different than when we talked last time. But uh, we can still we can still get off Celtic chugs within five minutes. That means we're in like that means we're doing we're both pretty healthy, I think. It, honestly, this is uh, maybe a bit of a sentimental podcast because I don't know when we're going to really talk ever again because the Cavs are so irrelevant. The Raptors are this fancy new uh, glamour team with Kawhi Leonard. This might be the last time we ever talk because our podcasts were usually just like, all right, the Cavs and Raptors are both good. How do they stack up? We'll have to get creative with how our, our podcasts intertwine, um, which I think is what we're doing on today's show. I think we are... Uh, Helping to fill the content void. We're going to go through the Eastern Conference teams and not necessarily rank them by like where they're going to finish in the standings, but more just sort of like power rank how interesting they are to us. And we'll just kind of go through. We'll talk about it. We'll figure out where we think they're going to finish, at least a range. It's probably a little bit early for like dead on predictions. And also predictions are kind of boring in comparison to just like larger conversations. So uh, are you ready to dive into the power rankings here? Do you want to go from like the least interesting to the most interesting? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'll, I'll kick this off. I, I have one team that I am just objectively not interested in watching this year. That's the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah, no, bad take, bad take. Look, we'll get into this, and, like, there are other teams in the East that I, like, thought about putting, uh, like, low, and, like, I like Mo Bamba, I like the idea of Mo Bamba, I like the idea of Aaron Gordon, I, like, like the idea of Jonathan Isaac from what we saw last year, I know you love Terrence Ross, God and, like, right. yes, this team has most spades, but I, like, look at this roster, like, doesn't have, like, a real point guard has like a lot of like really athletic guys that aren't maybe good at anything yet and I'm just like oh okay that's what this team is I guess and like most spates is on this team weirdly and uh I I just I have no idea um what the, what this team is going to be I just like I just like I they might not be the worst team I would not I'd be Atlanta's clearly I think can be the worst team in this conference that that's where I feel right now but um I just like look at Orlando and like I think that's just like a mess of a roster that I like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I get that. I do feel bad that Mo Bamba is going to be like looking for passes and never receiving them ever because DJ Augustine is uh, is the starting point guard for this team. Speaking of DJ Augustine and my ranking of all 218 Raptors, DJ Augustine fares out uh, pretty ter- pretty terribly in that ranking uh check to see probably like the second or third post in which you'll find him just deeply entrenched in the 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 bottom i don't know bottom sixth of all-time raptors which is not a place you want to be 
Uh, but I digress. Yeah, no, like, yeah, this is not a very, it's a very weird roster. It's like, if you're just looking at the depth chart on ESPN, first of all, most Bates is uh, playing in China now, so that's a little bit less interesting. I mean, if you're a most Bates person, then that's less interesting. I'm not sure he's all that interesting at this point, but um, so they, they have like a million centers, power forwards and small forwards and just four guards in DJ Augustine, Jerry and Grant, who is terrible. Evan Fournier and Wesley Awundu, who's like, whatever. I guess you could throw Terrence Ross in as a shooting guard. He can really play any position. He can do whatever, the, whatever he wants. The world is Terrence Ross's oyster. But um, it is a very, like, big, heavy roster. And, like, they're going to play a lot of Nick Vucevic, which is probably less interesting than playing Mo Bamba a whole bunch. Timo Mozgov's on this team. I didn't realize that. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, it's... Maybe I'm interested in, like, the way that you're interested in looking at a car accident on the highway. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be but it'll be, like, a fun type of bad. The only magic content I want is, like, a live stream of Timothy Mozgov walking around Magic Kingdom and the and the various <laughs> Disney parks. I want And, like, I want nothing else. I just want, like, Timo hanging out at Disney. That's all I really want out of the magic. Like, the other stuff, and, like, Jonathan Isaac will be cool and Mo Bamba will be cool. But, like, I really just, like... Timo Mozgov taking his kids around Magic Kingdom. Yeah. That's there really awesome. is only like one iteration of a Magic lineup that I'll definitely be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go watch that. And that's like, I mean, I guess Augustine at point guard, and then you throw Ross at the two because I love my boy Terrence Ross. You throw Aaron Gordon at the three because we're still making that happen. Jonathan Isaac at the four, and then Mo Bamba at center. And I'm like, that could be kind of fun. That could be good defensively. He probably won't score any points whatsoever, but... There's, like, interesting jumpy dudes out there. Yeah, the Magic aren't very interesting. I'm rethinking my thought. I don't think they're they're the 15th most interesting team in the East. I think they're more, like, 12th or 13th. But I, I totally understand where you're coming from. My least interesting team is the Atlanta Hawks you just mentioned. I just do not care about the Atlanta Hawks. I'm already tired of Trey Young. Like, it's nothing against Trey Young. It's just he's one of these guys who people who follow college sports, which I'm not one of those people, just, like, fixate on and talk about to where it's just be it's like Tim Tebow almost. Obviously, I don't think Trey Young is going to be as bad as Tim Tebow was at his sport, but I just like I, I'm already uninterested because he's talked about so much. If that makes any sense at all. No, I think it does. I I am a little. They're not. They're my number. Th- it'll be around thirteen for me. Um, I I get that. I I am intrigued to see sort of how they they try to progress in this year. And yes, they're going to be really bad. Yes, they're like going to be problematic but like i want to see like what john collins is near to i want to see what uh what trey young does i mean i i am not a big college sport person either i don't want i've watched very little college basketball basically the bare minimum but i want i wanted to see like what he is as a pro because i think he there he's going to be he's going to if you watch him closely i get the the perception from draft nicks that are that are smarter than me that he's going to like change sort of the perception of like what he is he's obviously a very good shooter that's what he's going to be known for but he's like regarded as a very good passer and i, I want to see how that works with john collins i want to mm-hmm. see i and also just like vince carter's on this team um at age 41 and i if he throws down like just some random dunk i really just like don't want to miss it like any team that has like vince carter and or Richard Jefferson on it for like random old man dunk potential that that team just gets a little bump in my book. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I'm kind of resentful that Vince Carter keeps going to these dog shit teams because I'd rather he just go somewhere where he can be like a fun bench hand on a good team and like actually have a chance to win. Would he be welcome back in Toronto? Would that be cool? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's all been it's all good now. He had the game a few years ago when he came with Memphis, and he got a big standing O and a tribute and stuff, and that kind of seemed like the bearing of the hatchet. And the Carter effect is out now. It's kind of like the closing of the book on the whole thing. Even though I have some real problems with the Carter effect, I'll maybe do a podcast about the Carter effect, even though it's a year old now and probably not that that relevant. But um, yeah, the, the documentary is not that September no. August. Do what you want. Yeah, it's not like the most well-done doc in the world, and it's very much like about the brands, but um, I, I just wish Vince had gone, yeah, he could have come to the Raptors. Like, I would have preferred him than Greg Monroe, to be honest, even though the Raptors have a million wings. Like, I would have rather have that kind of, or even, I think the Raptors still have a, like a ro- roster spot. Bring in Vince for that roster spot. I don't care. He's not going to play. If he understands he's not going to play, then cool. I mean, I guess he wants to play, which is why he keeps going to the Kings and the Hawks and all these crap teams, but... Just come on, Vince. Get yourself a title, buddy, and uh, or at least like a nice playoff run where you can maybe be a factor in a game or two. Just not on this stupid Hawks team. Yes. Yeah. God, they're just so under. Like I, John Collins, cool. I don't really. I'm not all that compelled by John Collins to be honest. I just I, he, he does rebounds good. Okay. Um, Torian Prince, I guess, was like their best player last year. Is that fair to say? I yeah maybe Brad Rowan would like know better um but that, that seems like a this is like spending a lot of time on like Cardiff or something if we we're talking about the Premier League <laughs> um so let's say so I will say the Hawks would be my number 14 I'm gonna put them second okay. to last because they're gonna be objectively just really bad so okay, who yeah. would be your number 14 uh the Nets I don't care about the Nets at all that's a very anti-NBA Twitter take to have but I just don't give a damn about these teams no I think they're my they, they're my number 13 and I I yeah. like I appreciate what they're doing let me say this with the caveat like I appreciate like what they're doing and like the way they have built out of a like completely ab- abomination right like you get you you know Joe Harris back on a on a cheap deal makes a lot of sense like they have a lot of culture guys like they have they play hard like maybe Kenneth Reed will be decent for them this year, you know? Uh, maybe, like, what is, I like Karis LeVert. I like I, D'Angelo Russell, like, even though he's maybe not that good, kind of just fascinates me a little bit. They have Ed Davis, and Ed Davis is, like, a very, very solid NBA player. I do love Ed Davis. That's true. Yeah, shout out to Ed Davis. But, like, I just can't imagine this, this team's going to play hard, and I can't imagine this team is much more than what they were last year, which is, like, that annoying really team that plays really hard and plays really smart and is in games even though they're really not that good. And that is just, like, very possible to me that uh, that is all they are, and there, there's something just a limiting and interesting they are. I will probably enjoy watching them because they will probably, like, play harder than, like, the Kings or the, the Hawks and things like that, but there's a limit on what they are, and I just feel like there aren't that many interesting outcomes for them. And that's sort of like my problem with the Nets. Yeah. And I just think there's no interesting players that like you tune into a game to watch. Like even like the Kings, they have some like Buddy Heald's kind of fun. And who they draft this year? They drafted somebody. I don't know. God. Oh, uh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Mar- so like Marvin Bagley would be kind of interesting. He probably has higher upside than anyone on the, the Nets right now. Like they're just kind of just like a bunch of dudes like who, who I think at best grade out as like nice role players on the next good Nets team and like maybe Jarrett Allen will be better than that maybe Karis LeVert can be better than that but I'm not really investing all that much time in watching those two grow I think if it happens cool good for the Nets talk to me when they have like a real first round pick and they can get a real player and uh that's kind of the end of my take on the Nets like I know they're the sexy NBA Twitter team everyone loves because they shoot 43s a game but they also only hit like 10 of those a game so I don't um who's your 13 team 
my number. Oh, wait, the Nets. Yeah, be the Nets, right? So who would be your number thirteen team? My number thirteen. It's probably the Hornets, even though I think they'll finish much higher than thirteen. Like this isn't the standings thing. I just don't care about the Hornets. I I like Kemba Walker. I think he maybe is a little bit overrated in terms of his overall impact on winning. I think he's a very talented player, but like at some point something has to like there has to be some point of blame for why the Hornets always underperform their right like their Pythagorean record or whatever. And I'm not sure if it's Kemba, but like I'm not certain it's not Kemba. He's good, he's efficient I suppose, but he I don't know, they're not very good in the clutch times. Uh, I feel bad talking about Kemba like this because it's probably not his fault. It's just a, like a bad roster with a bunch of bad white centers. But the, the, I don't know. They just I'm just so mad on the Hornets, and they should be so much more than that. They seem like they were kind of onto something a couple years ago, and then it all kind of fell apart. And maybe Steve Clifford leaving is all they need, and maybe he'll go, you know, infect the Magic with an inability to win close games. Maybe that's all it was. But I just the, the Hornets are. They got they owe so much money to a bunch of dudes who are just kind of fine. Like, good job, you got off of Dwight's money, but like, I don't know, are you expecting Nick Batum to really have a big bounce back from last season when he wasn't even particularly like hurt? He was just like not very good. And you have Marvin Williams like still doing his thing. I still don't buy Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I really like the Miles Bridges pick for them, and I hope that he can kind of become kind of good. But like. I don't know. They're they're just a, a whole like a lot like the Nets. Just no one on their team really interests me all that much. Yeah, I I think it'll, I number one. I th- they're they're my number twelve. So like they we're kind of just knocking these off in similar order because we're a hive mind. But like what what stands <laughs> out to me as interesting about them and at least that maybe puts them above other teams for me is number one. They're they have a new coach. They have this coach uh, James Barango. I believe it comes from the Spurs background. That is interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very, very weird to see Tony Parker in another jersey. And, like, there is shock value in that that I just, like, will probably take 10, 11 games of watching them to, to sort of get used to. But you're right. Like, what about this team basketball-wise actually is interesting. I The system and, and how Kemba fits into that and how maybe he gets unlocked in some way will be interesting. You know, if they go, things go really bad there, do they try to do a bunch of trades and things like that? Like, that to me is, like, sort of the most interesting thing. Like, do they trade Kemba somewhere at the deadline uh, in, in an effort to, like, get something in return as he goes into gets closer to free agency? Like, that is in itself just an interesting question. And But everything else there is just kind of – it's all fine. The, the problem with the East is that, like, it's not just, like, very kind of soft at the bottom. And with some of the teams that are, like, even going to be maybe worse than Charlotte that we maybe find more interesting, uh, they're just – they're all just kind of like there. Like they don't really like the West for, for all the, the nuttiness that's going to go on out there. They are much, the, the West is a much, seems like the much more ambitious or at least smartly ambitious conference. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. I had nothing else to say on the Hornets. I, I think they are blah. I hope Bismack Biombo uh, gets all of his money and I hope he's good. If he's not, I'm glad he got paid and, uh, it's funny that the Hornets are paying him right now because uh, they wouldn't do that back in the day. Um, who's your number twelve? So they would, yeah. So Charlotte be my number twelve. Who would be you? Who we go back to you? Who is your number twelve? My number twelve, I think, is the Miami Heat, mostly because like we know exactly what the Heat are, right? They're just like a very five hundred e team that's going to overperform a little bit because they try really hard and are really well coached and have a lot of decent players who aren't particularly good. 
And then they're going to get their asses handed to them in the first round by a team that actually has star players. Like, that's just, I, I feel like I can already predict how the Heat season is going to play out. So that's why they're probably, like, they're better. They're going to make the playoffs and they're better than a lot of these teams. But I just feel like I know them better than pretty much any team in the conference. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I, I look at Miami and I I have, they're a little higher, Melissa. So we'll get to, I'll, I won't spoil that. But for me, I, yeah. I agree. Like, they are just what they are. Like, this is a capped out team that didn't make any significant moves. Uh, they are, they have, a, the, basically, their biggest thing that's coming back is getting, uh, you know, year two of Bam out of bio, and you're going to get a healthy Deion Waiters, who was very good at, you know, at the back end of the, of that, you know, two years ago when they had that crazy run, and he, and he, I believe, was part of that group, and he got paid as a result, but that was hurt a lot last year. So, like, you get those two guys back, uh, or, you, you know, year two of Bam, you get Dion back, you get more progression, you know, just waiting to keep things up to, you know, just maybe Hassan Whiteside is a little bit better this year, and, you know, I, there, there will be, we don't know what Dwayne Wade's doing yet, and Dwayne Wade is not what he was, but there is probably, to me, some, uh, nostalgia in watching him maybe making one last run and there will be there's it's it won't quite be like the for Dirk I guess and if these are their their last two years for both of them but they'll be a little different but it'll be sort of interesting if this is the the last ride for Dwayne what does that look like what kind of situations does he get put in you know what what kind of role does he play that in itself if this is the farewell from if he isn't going to retire um because again it's August 29th we don't know that to me adds a little bit of intrigue that like some of these other teams that are similarly predictable don't really have. Right, right. I think a big part of the reason why I don't like the Heat is because Hassan Whiteside to me is like the least most enjoyable player to watch in the entire 100%, 100% agree. He is there's just nothing about him that I'm like, yes, let me watch He's him. It's like if a dude like one of those commercials where there's like a rain cloud just hanging over somebody cuz they have a cold. Like Hassan Whiteside always has a cold. It's <laughs> just like it. He's just a bummer to watch, man. He's a bummer to watch. Like the the he doesn't like fit in with anyone else really on that roster in terms of how they play. I'd rather them just like play Bam and Kelly Olynyk at the five exclusively yeah. and be done with it. But like they're paying him a lot of money for some reason, and like he basically has to play. But it doesn't like mesh with anything else that they do. So it just it's just kind of weird. Yeah, it sucks that he's in the way of Bam because Bam is awesome. Even though I have ill will towards him because he hurt Fred VanVleet in the last game of the season last year with a probably illegal screen, but that's fine, no big deal. Summer mixtape um, Bam has also just been a lot. Like the stuff he's been, you see, like the highlight tapes of him like doing pull up threes and stuff. I'm just like, yeah. give, give give me more Bam, please. Yeah, he had another game against the Raptors too last year where he absolutely torched them. So. I uh, as much as it's terrifying to go up against him, he's very awesome. And also, Josh Richardson, man, like he's kind of slept on as a very good player. Like I feel like there are a lot of dudes like on the Nets who are bad and not as good as Josh Richardson who get less love. Like I think Karis LeVert gets as like as talked about as Josh Richardson, even though Josh Richardson's like very good and might be their best all-around player at this point. Maybe he got more love by the end of the season, but like he's good. But also, like if Josh Richardson is your best player. I'm not particularly all that fascinated by your team. So I guess that's why I have them number 12. Who's your number? My number 11 um, is going to be the Detroit Pistons. Um, okay. I I have, like, I, I, I sense that they might be a little bit different for you because, like, the Dwayne, Qua- the Dwayne Casey factor, I think, probably adds, like, some intrigue for either. Um, but for me, I just feel like I sort of know what they're going to be. Like, Dwayne is going to coach them really well. 
but like so much of their value and like potential is tied up in how healthy Blake is going to be and like how good Andre Drummond is. And I just feel like we sort of know how that plays out. Like, I feel like a team that is like banking on that Stanley Johnson progression (laughs) that is, you know, like banking on Blake Griffin being healthy, banking on Drummond, you know, hitting threes, which he says he could do or whatever. Like that isn't super inspiring to me or something particularly interesting. Kyrie Thomas is interesting ish based on the profile. Um, you know, I, I, some people really like Luke Kennard. Some of what Luke Kennard did as a rookie, that's fine. I, I just look at this team and I'm just kind of like, okay. And I just feel like we, we know that like Blake's going to have an injury, miss 20 or so games and, they're going to like be an eight seed and um, it, the highlights, you know, that put them above other teams and speaks to the quality of the East that they're sort of here. But I I just don't really understand what's going to be super appealing about this team play. I'm super here for Jose Calderon still being in the NBA, but, but that's yeah, like, yeah. but like, that's not enough. Yeah. He's definitely taking Reggie Jackson's job pretty quickly. I think it also made the Cavs better last year. I'm just saying. Yeah. Cause Jose Calderon is the goddamn truth and no starting point guard has ever withstood his wrath. Um, like even Kyle Lowry didn't get, didn't become a starter until Jose got traded. It's, uh, he's undefeated. There have been so many point guards who he has just like cut down in their primes because he's Jose Calderon. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on the Pistons not being all that interesting. I think probably the Dwayne thing bumps them up my list a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like they're not going to be amazing. I also think they're going to just like fall into the playoffs because that's, what's going to happen in the East. And I'm fully expecting a two seven Raptors Pistons matchup. I have it written down somewhere. It's definitely happening and it's going to be fun because we'll actually get to find out who is at fault for, uh, all of the Raptors woes in the playoffs. And I have a feeling the answer is going to be DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> so we won't actually see the, uh, the, the, the culprit of that series. But um, my number 11. Oh, God. Now we're. They're all, there's so many uninteresting teams. This is the problem. I think my number 11 is probably the Knicks, even though I think the Knicks are going to be interesting in the next couple of years. I just think without Chris Stapps for the first part of the year, I just they, they kind of lose a little bit of juice for me. What about you? I I have them slightly higher, not, and it's basically because like what is Chris? What do they look like without Chris Stapps? And like I like Frankie Smokes. Like um, Kevin Knox was fun in summer league, and I want to see like what David Fisdale does with them. Like at least like I love Fis- I really like Fisdale, and I kind of want to yeah. see what he does um, with them. That that is, but that's like a fair pick because like Chris Stapps is the the drawing attraction here, right? Like he is the like the reason to turn into Knicks games because that dude's a star. But like we have no idea when he's gonna play. He mm-hmm. could come back and play like 40 games and that's it. But that's like 40 games of like Kevin Knox and Emmanuel Moutier and Frankie Smokes, like brick jumps, j- brick jumpers. And like, that's not fun. You know, like there, yeah. there's nothing like very particularly fun, fun about that. But you're right. Like it is. A, we're in sort of the p- part of the conference where it's like just kind of a mess. And like, I think the Knicks here is pretty reasonable. Oh, crap. I, uh, I have to change my ranking on the fly here. And bump the Knicks up at least one spot because I forgot they have Mario Hazonia now. Mario Hazonia playing at MSG. That instantly makes them more interesting to me. So they're going to be my number 10. I'm going to make the Cavs my number 11. I'm sorry. I know you're a Cavs boy. But, like, I am interested to see how they, like, bounce back from losing LeBron. But also I kind of know what all these dudes are. And I just think it's going to be not a very good team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd like to see them make the playoffs. I think that'd be a cool story, but I don't think they will. Colin Sexton might be interesting and like has like a crazy work ethic and is nuts and is a maniac, but 
I just uh, he's insane. He like literally yeah. it's like listeners out there. I have a Q and A with him coming out in about two weeks. The dude eats Skittles before every game. That's uh, it's like and he's like I just always I just like gets my blood flowing. I'm like okay, Colin, that's fine. Um, just make sure it doesn't become Dwight where he only eats Skittles for every meal. He seems a little more intense than Dwight. <laughs> he does have like a, the opposite demeanor of Dwight. Yeah, oh, like God, Dwight. Dwight has never like sat like squatted down into a defensive stance and like glared at Josh Hart. So, <laughs> like, never has done that. Um, so we're at my number. Are we at my number nine now? No, we need your ten because okay, so, I had okay, the so, Knicks at. So I, move, I moved them up to ten and have the Cavs eleven. Okay, so we'll talk more about the Cavs when I get there because, like, we'll that, right. we'll focus a lot on the Cavs and Raptors because this is a Cavs and Raptors crossover. But my number ten is this is where I'd slot the Heat. This is just like they're they're fine. Like this is where they are. Uh, I would then I would then slot just just your head. I would then slot the the Knicks at number nine. They would be okay. at nine for me. Um, and. Th- that's just sort of just because like Fisdale and yada yada yada. But like if they, I will say this, if if I if I knew Chris Stapps was gonna play like sixty something games, I would bump them up above some of these other teams. That's fair. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Knicks would be kind of a sneaky playoff contender if Chris Stapps was there. Because I I think I don't think it's a bad team per se. Like they don't have much a point guard, but like they at least have like maybe Moutier figures it out. Trey Burke was like kind of okay at the end of the season last year. And I don't really trust that to continue, but like they have decent players like Courtney Lee's still there. He's always good. Frankie smokes. Like you said, um, even like Lance Thomas is like a, a third string around this team. He's still kind of useful. Like there are guys. It's just the point guard issue and not having Chris Stapps is why I, they, they, they stay at 10 for me and don't move up to like five or six, because I think they could, if they were uh, with Chris, Chris Stapps for the whole season, my number nine, Oh, God. Now we're into the real crap here. Um, <laughs> I guess let's go with maybe the Pacers. Is that a bad take? No, because, like, what did, like, they added, like, I think adding Tyreek is really interesting. And, like, Caitlin Cooper wrote a really good piece in Indy Cornrows about this that, like, pushed them a little higher at my list, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I so much of their. So much of their like interest to me this season depends on if they can just be what they were last year, and like that yeah. means just like holding steady in terms of the numbers. It's like they're like just don't terribly regress. Yeah, it's like Tottenham in the Premier League. It's like they literally like Spurs did nothing, and you're just like, well, you're banking on them like holding steady. And basically, aside from Tyreek and like I guess Kylo Quinn, the Pacers sort of did that. Maybe. Oh, I forgot about Doug. That's fine. Twenty-two million for Doug McDermott's like really, really wild. Um. But like it's just like is Victor Ola, basically this whole season to me hinges hinges on two things for them like is Victor Oladipo for real? Can he do that again? And like what does Miles Turner look like? And everything else just sort of is like an ancillary question. Yeah, um, actually, I think I'm gonna change where I have the paces. I'm not gonna put them quite at nine because I think uh, they are more interesting to me, and I want to watch them more because Lance Stevenson's not there, and I'm so sick of Lance Stevenson being glorified as some hero player i i just i'm so done with it i think for me probably that i would slot the i guess the bulls nine is that i have well, i have the bulls at eight and like i i think okay, that's fair yeah, because like yeah. be, it's a weird group and like that that's like enough like they're gonna be really bad they're, they're not gonna be able to defend anybody oh right? they're gonna their games are going to be extremely high scoring like if you're doing like daily fantasy just pick bulls games they're gonna try to play jabari parker at the three 
Like that that is like going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like feel really bad for Fred Hoiberg because this is like not like any roster he's had has like no real fit with like what he would like seemingly like to do based on his college career. Um, like I like Wendell Carter. He was really interesting at summer league. Like, but like you're going to be playing like marketing was really interesting last year and like they have campaign, but like this is like a weird roster and like they're just going to score a lot and be terrible at defense and like that that but that like at least like the, there is like upside in like in Carter and Parker and Markin and in Zach Levine and what does he look like coming back from the ACL that some of these teams I think below them like even if this is a worse team than a lot of the teams we've already talked about there's just like more interesting upside questions about this Bulls team than just a lot I think a lot of the other teams down like a, a, that we've talked about lower yeah like I'm not convinced they're not gonna make the playoffs that's probably a little ambitious but I think Laurie's really good. I think Wendell Carter has a chance to be kind of good right away, even though Robin Lopez is in front of him. But Robin Lopez is pretty good. And he's like a nice, steady player to have. And like, I guess maybe this all hinges on Chris Dunn. Because if he's what he is last year, like that's a nice player, but he's not really changing your life. If he can kind of step it up a little bit more, uh, just be like a bit more of like a sort of all-encompassing lead guard who can kind of carry the offense a little bit, maybe create a shot a little bit more. Maybe that kind of puts them over the edge as a team that can just hang in shootouts as opposed to a team that's going to lose a lot of shootouts. And maybe that gets them like 36, 37 wins, and that's probably good enough for the eight seed. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that they can make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's a hot take? No, I mean, it just depends on, like, what the East is. Like, it, I think sort of it depends it's gonna on, like— It's going to be bad, Chris. It's going to be bad. Well, yeah, but like, let's say like, let's say like the Hornets are like better, more competent, and well coached, yeah. and like good defensively. Like maybe that dooms the Bulls, right? Like maybe and like maybe Parker is just like a terrible fit at the three. Like that to me seems pretty possible. And like he has like a half of recorded trying on defense time in the NBA. Yeah, I get. Like, if you're looking at last year's playoff teams, I think there's probably only one spot up for grabs if everything kind of goes to plan, and that's the Cavs. And then it's probably between the Pistons, Hornets, and Bulls, right? And maybe, like, yeah, those are the three teams I would say are probably in the running. Maybe the Bulls are the third favorite of those teams, but I think the Bulls are clearly better than the Knicks, Nets, Magic, and Hawks, right? Yeah, I would say so. I think at least, like, just the scoring potential, like, puts them yeah. above them. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Bulls are my number nine. So there is part one of my conversation with Sean Woodley. Again, find him on Twitter at WoodleySean. Check back tomorrow for part two. Find Lockdown Cavs on Twitter and Facebook at Lockdown Cavs. You can subscribe and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. I am Chris Manning from Fear the Sword and Lockdown Cavs. Talk to you tomorrow.